In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I have to start by saying this is one of my favorite parables. There's so much detail, there's great dialogue, it's just great, you can picture it. I still remember my children's Bible, the uh, son muscling in between the pigs trying to get at the trough, I remember that picture. But why does Jesus tell it? There weren't children's Bibles then to illustrate, so why does Jesus tell it? Actually, go and look at the beginning. Go and look at the beginning of this gospel. It says, all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable, colon. So now look at the top where we attribute the scripture. Luke 15, verses 1 through 3, that's what I just read, comma, 11b through 32. So that tells us that Jesus didn't actually tell them this parable. He actually starts by telling them a parable about a lost sheep, the sheep who wanders away from the 99. Then he tells a story about a lost coin. You have to sweep out the corners of the house to find it. And then he tells this story about a lost son. He's telling these stories about what was lost and now has been found. Stories about what was lost and now has been found is how Jesus is answering the grumbling of these Pharisees, the people who think they are the ones who have always been there. But see, this isn't just you know, a helpful way to deal with interlocutors. This is also a story about family, because there's too many poignant family dynamics happening here that this is just an object lesson about losing things and finding them. I wrote in my, note, in my notes, you can't pick your family, and I was trying to remember the phrase, <laughs> and I remembered last night that you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your family. <laughs> but it, no less true. <laughs> you can't pick your family. So I think any of us who have a family recognize this story. We know it almost before it's done. Maybe it's you and your own siblings. Maybe it's cousins you know, aunts, uncles. Every family has this kind of conflict. Those people who just don't get along. Those two have always been oil and water, maybe someone says. They may be family, but they just can't get along. They're too different. But I think the key to this parable is that these brothers who seem so different are actually really the same. That prodigal son and that loyal son, I think they don't like each other at this moment because they are so alike. They both feel entitled to what their father has. They both feel entitled to inheritance, to stuff, to money. And they both pull themselves apart from their family. They separate themselves from others. The younger son, most literally by going away, but the older son by refusing to come in from the, to the party. And also from the way that older son speaks, you can tell he's thought of himself as different for a long, for a long time. He's held himself apart from other people as being more righteous and more deserving for a long time. He holds himself apart from others in this thoughts. I, I circled, he said, this son of yours. He doesn't say this brother of mine. He says, this son of yours. He holds himself apart. Those brothers are the same. And they're both really disrespecting their father. 
Annabelle just read, honor your father and your mother. That is not happening here. But the last way that these brothers are really the same, they both have their father's love no matter what. And the father is going to do anything he has to to make sure that they know that. That's actually the point here. I think the interesting thing is, as detailed as this story is, we know the pigs are eating pods. There's a lot that we don't know. There's a lot that Jesus leaves deliberately ambiguous. So, for example, that younger son, does he really repent? Or does he just come back because he's afraid and he's hungry and he doesn't know what's going to happen to him? Is that younger son sorry for what he's done, or is he more embarrassed that it didn't work out? We don't know. We don't know if he repents for the right reasons or the wrong ones. We don't get to know if that prodigal son has ever learned his lesson. The older brother is all turned around, too, and his hurt. We see that for all these years, he hasn't been focusing on the father's love, but what he feels owed. The, the older brother can't see that what, ha, what has actually been offered to him all along, because he was working so hard to earn it instead. He couldn't see the love that was on offer for him all along, because he was too busy thinking about himself as someone who would earn it and deserve it. His own worthiness was more important to him than love. And I think it's important to recognize here that we're both these people. We all have these traits at one moment or another. This might not be your exact family story. The details are always different. But the shades, the colors are the same. So we have been both these people, and they are very similar. Whether we find ourselves righteous and are wandering off because we're too good for that, or righteous and are staying behind, we've all been there. But so for all the questions this parable raises, all the things we don't know, most important is what we do know. The father loves his boys both so much. He will do anything to make sure that they know that. He loves them so much that he disrespects himself. All these cinematic details, they're trying to tell us something. The son asks for his inheritance. You don't get that until your parent dies. Inheritance, he doesn't have a bunch of gold sitting around. That's land, that's property. The father is giving him these things that he can sell it. The son is saying, honestly, I wish you were dead. Give me what is mine. The father runs. And this is when it's important to remember that no one's wearing pants. They're all wearing robes. So you have to think about this guy hiking up his skirts and running. Old men never ran. Running is for children. Old men never picked up their skirts so you could see their legs and come running down the street. And it says, he ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. He threw himself on him. That's not what a father does. Equals kiss on the cheek. Children throw themselves. They lean down. They lean in. He is lowering himself in every way. He's leaving then his guests. He's disrespecting his guests to go beg his son. You'd never do that. You'd say, that boy's punished. I'm here at my party. The father is even disrespecting himself and disobeying all the laws of decorum because he loves his children so much. The father is a fool for love. He'll do anything. 
None of all the other rules of society matters as much as the hearts of his children. Because the father wants them to know that they are truly loved no matter what. He doesn't want his boys to be people who make choices out of fear or duty. He wants his boys to make choices out of love. Because the father knows what Jesus did, what Jesus tries to tell us in every parable, every, sto every story, that love is the gate, love is the way, love is the bread of life. And that true love isn't self-serving or self-important, but self-offering. So this parable comes when Jesus is trying to make a point to the Pharisees. But Jesus is also in this moment, he knows, even if no one else does, Jesus in this moment is on his way to the cross. That true love of the Father, that true love is the way of the cross. That self-offering love poured out that God would go anywhere that we asked him to come. So that true love is the way of the cross, and the cross itself is the way of life. So I think that's why the lectionary puts this story here. It helps us as we move into Lent all the way towards Holy Week that we have this image in our minds. Jesus on the way to the cross tells a story about the lost being found, a story where we can all see ourselves and know that we are known and loved even at our lowest points. Jesus on his way to the cross He's going to prove that he understands all the facets of our pain by facing it. He doesn't say, oh, I know, I understand. He goes there. And Jesus, on his way to the cross, wants us to hear this story because it's an image of his extravagant and merciful love. This joyful banquet, this fatted calf, it's all for us. Older son, younger son, it's all for us. That extravagant, merciful joyful love. And Jesus is on his way to the cross, bidding his faithful people to cleanse their hearts. He's asking us to prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast, the fullness of grace that he has prepared for all those he loves, all of us who are lost, all of us who are found, all of us who are somewhere in between. Amen. Amen.